Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with a special edition of the Selling from the Heart podcast. Just this week, Larry and I did a webinar on reversing the silent epidemic that devastates sales results. And we had a great conversation about getting to the heart of the matter and exposing three key areas that really inhibit sales professionals and sales teams from maximizing their performance. In the webinar, you're going to find practical ideas to expose and reverse these trends. So feel free to listen in. If you'd like to actually watch the video and see the slides, you'll find a link to SlideShare in the, in the show notes. Without further ado, let's join the webinar. Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to the webinar today. My name is Daryl Amy, co-host of the Selling from the Hard podcast, and I'm here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Hey, Daryl. <laughs> We're not podcasting. We're actually we're actually doing a webinar together. This is exciting. I know this is yeah. great. Well, <laughs> thank you for for joining us this afternoon, and and for those of you uh, just chiming in, welcome. We're glad you're here. We're going to have a great discussion today that I think is very valuable, especially as we're coming into the end of the new year or to the end of this year and thinking about the new year. And the topic is a topic that is, I believe, very very critical for all of us, whether we're in sales or sales leadership, or whether we own a company or an entrepreneur, wherever we are in the sales spectrum, the silent epidemic that devastates sales results is something that if we can get on the other side of, I believe we can see uh, some tremendous benefits. So Larry, I'm excited. Are you? No, I mean, this, this is going to be great. So, you know, when you say get on the other side is I'm going to ask people as, as they're listening and as they're watching the webinar, is when we get around, this is get around the other side of the desk and place ourselves in the other person's shoes. And I think this is going to make a lot of sense as we start going through this. So I guess, Larry, the big question at the beginning of all of this is, you know, okay, what's the silent epidemic? What is this silent epidemic you guys are talking about? Well, you know, it, it's interesting. So, I mean, obviously in the stat on the bottom, this came from our friends over at HubSpot where they said, you know, 3% of people consider salespeople to be trustworthy. 3%? And I always say, That's brutal. It's, it's absolutely insanely brutal, but we do it to ourselves. And, you know, this is what's going through that buyer's mind. This is, and, and quite frankly, this might be going through your client's mind is, hey, is that person on the other end of the desk or is that person sitting next to me? Are they trustworthy? So I think, I think Daryl, the first silent killer in this is salespeople all over the place have low trust. People just yep. don't trust salespeople, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it, it's scary, but you know, we're going to dive into this a little bit. And I think you know, the second part of this silent killer, and again, this is through the minds of that other person, is yep. they got yep. finely tuned BS meters. And what I mean by that is, <laughs> oh, and, and I always tell, I always it's say, so true. It, it is, but people can smell sincerity a mile away, yeah. but conversely, they can smell insincerity a mile away. And, you know, it, it's just because of decades and decades of bad practices. 
yeah. people we're already behind the eight ball. So let's just face it. Yeah, we're the low trust, right? The the BS meters, the radar screen for salespeople is at an all time high, which leads to the third one. There's rapid skepticism, through, you know, through the minds of the buyer and sometimes even the clients. Do I even believe anything that's coming out of this person's mouth? So I think the silent killers that we actually need to bring to the forefront is what do we do to overcome low trust? People just don't believe us with the skepticism and BS yeah. meters are all time high. Well, and so if you think about it, you know, you can have the best product in the world. You can have the best company backing that product. You can have the best sales training, the best sales model. You can have, you know, you can have all of that bring in your A game. But if you're walking into an environment with low trust, with skepticism, with that buyer that just, you know, you've got... It is like um, it's like trying to it's like trying to play tennis with uh, your hands tied one hand tied behind your back. Maybe that's not a great example. But it, no, because it, professionals it, could probably do that, Daryl. <laughs> but you know, it, it is. I mean, it, it is a real challenge. And and this is you know of all the things when we look at at how do we optimize performance? Once again, whether you're a sales professional, whether you lead a team of salespeople or a company. You know, we always think about optimizing performance. We think about the the activities and the, the tactics and the sales training and all of that. And, and don't want to discount that at all. But if we're operating in this environment of low trust, fine-tuned BS meters and rampant skepticism, we have to do something different. So here is here's our uh, plea to the world, our cry to the sales profession. Larry, no more empty suits. Oh, and you know, you did, you just hit what I just love preaching about. I mean, everybody always asks me, you know, what's your favorite chapter selling from the heart? And I said, the last chapter, they go, not the beginning. I know it's actually the last one that brings it all together. And, you know, we always say authenticity. I preach it. It's not an option anymore. And Mm. there's so many empty suits. And and I share this because, you know, I don't want to tick people off and I'm not here to upset the apple cart. I do it, you know, and I share it because we care. We care about the art of sales, but, you know, unfortunately we might be, we might be fully dressed, but are we fully dressed? Is our mindset right? Is our skill set right? Are we leading with value or leading with the heart? And unfortunately, you know, once you get past the slick opening statements, unfortunately there's not much there. So, you know, the big cry out there now is gosh, please guys, no more empty suits. So Larry, I know you write about this in the book. We talk about it on the podcast all the time, but um, what is an empty suit? Let's just talk about that for a minute. What's, what's an empty suit salesperson? I, I think, you know, first of all, is somebody who doesn't understand their value proposition, right? They can't clearly articulate a value. They can't align to the issues and challenges that are going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say possibly in their clients' businesses, Furthermore, in their prospects, businesses, they're not the real deal. I always say they're leading a sales lie. They're not acting their true self, right? Mm -hmm. And and I always say, and I said this a long time ago, Daryl, you know, sales isn't a theater act. It's either in your your heart or it's not. That's right. And people can smell it. And, you know, we go back to this BS meters is buyers are smart. Your clients are even smarter and they're not going to put up with it anymore. So, you know, it, it's a catchphrase that kind of caught on, but it's to prove a point. We have to fill out 
that suit. And I talk about it in my book. We have to fill it out with empathy, education, and excitement. You like the three E's, Daryl? Very nice. I like the alliteration. You yeah. just, uh, you know, you made my marketing heart happy. <laughs> I, I think, you know, you look in this world and, and I think things like, you know, we talk about selling from the heart. You talk about things like authenticity, being genuine, um, all of that, you know, in, in some ways, um, I think there's a mindset that that's like an accessory, you know, if you happen to be authentic, that's a really, that's nice, but Larry, it's really all about hitting the number. But I want to say that in the environment that we've moved into, and it's only getting worse, if you're not authentic, and if you're not bringing some real value to your clients, you're in big trouble. Well, yeah, you know, you're absolutely correct. And I was on, I was on a podcast recently, we were talking about authenticity and we're talking about values. And I said, quite frankly, people throw those words around like a, a typical, Hey, Daryl, how's it going? Or goodbye, Daryl. Right. I'll right. Catch you yeah. Let's go do lunch. That t- that typical stuff, which means I'll talk right. to you in years, but you know, we have to bring to the forefront and we got to own authenticity. We got to own our heart. We got to, we got to own this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because see, it, 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 it's time that we do, and we got to live it. We got to walk it. We got to talk it. We got to breathe it. And that's authenticity. It's not just you know. To me, authenticity is not eight to five. Well, Friday. You're right. So, so you know, the question comes. Okay, well, what does that really mean? You know, authenticity. That sounds nice. We're all happy. You know, yeah. let's let's give each other a hug and let's go on with our day. Well, what does that really mean in the sales world? And that's what that's what we want to talk about today um, as we look at reversing the silent epidemic you know we're thinking about the silent epidemic of heart disease uh, and high blood pressure and diabetes all of that in the health world the anecdote to that is eat good and exercise or I should say eat well and exercise um, the anecdote to the challenges we face right now in the sales world with low trust rampant skepticism um, where 97 percent of buyers don't trust sales professionals, is we have to be authentic. And, and today, um, Larry, we're going to explore the two attributes of uh, an authentic salesperson. So let me explain them, and then we can dive into to each one. Um, the first is an authentic sales professional understands and, communi- and understands the value that they bring. And you know, if someone's an empty suit, they really aren't able to articulate the value that they bring to a prospect. They certainly don't have a lot of insight into the prospect's business. An authentic sales professional is going to be able to clearly articulate and understand their value. We'll talk about that. The other thing is authentic sales professionals need to be able to drive meaningful conversations. Now, if you have um, a great understanding of your company's value and you can't drive conversation, uh, you're just going to have an empty pipeline. Right. I mean, you're you're gonna you're gonna be a smart rep uh, that uh, that knows a lot, but really doesn't you know have a lot in the pipe, and you're gonna die. <laughs> and then on the flip side is, if you are able to drive meaningful conversation with people across all the different communication platforms we communicate on today, and you don't understand your value, you may talk to a lot of people, but you're probably not going to close a lot of business. But if no, we, it, yeah. yeah but it, 
I just I had to I had to dive into this because um, I I just get fired up when we start talking about this. But mm-hmm. when we start getting to you know you can understand value and driving meaningful conversations. And I just wrote a blog about this over the weekend. Is what I want people to start thinking about is what would one or two more meaningful new conversations mean to my sales funnel, Daryl? Yeah. On a, week, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, and go, okay, if I can get better at driving a meaningful conversation and I understand my value, what dollar amount can I equate to some of those new conversations based on an average sale? Absolutely. Yeah, and this stuff has teeth. I mean, if you look at it and if you, if you really consider the reality that low trust and rampant skepticism, the BS meter, those things are literally inhibiting your sales. They're inhibiting your sales team. And they're like, they're like trying to drive down the road with the parking brake on. Yep. You can drive, but you're not going to drive as fast as you could. Um, and there's going to be a lot of smoke at some point. So you know, what we want to do is we want to take the parking brake off and, and the way to do that is, is I believe in these two areas. So let's talk about understanding value. Larry, um, you talk about the personalized value proposition um, having three parts to it. You know, when, when sales reps think of value, um, usually they think about the value that the company brings, right? And, and the, the company's mission statement, the company's value proposition. But, but there's another aspect to value, and that's the value that the sales rep themselves actually brings. Yeah, and, and, and this is critical because this is what I want the sales community to think about is I, I know you all work for a great company that's probably got great products and solutions and services, and they align themselves well in the marketplace, or at least I hope they do. Mm-hmm. But if, if we all if we can all take a step back and go, okay, well, that's important. That's part of it, but they have to buy into us, which means that I, as a sales professional need to clearly be able to articulate the value I can personally bring to their organization. Cause quite frankly, if they can't make it past you, they may not make it to the company. Quite frankly, they may not even, you know, they're going to tune your, they're going to turn up the, they'll tune the radio channel or the TV channel to another station. They'll tune it to somebody who goes, oh, I get what this guy's talking about, or I get what she's talking about. You know, if you think about yourself, uh, if you're a sales rep or, or you have a team of sales reps, uh, there's value that your company brings, but each of your sales reps is able to bring unique value to the marketplace in the context of what you do. And I think about um, one of the stories, I remember years ago when I was a sales manager, I recruited a sales rep. He was a young guy, who was straight out of college. But what was beautiful about this sales rep, and we were in the business-to-business technology space selling, this sales rep's parents had owned a gas station. You go, what does that have to do with technology or anything? It was really simple. He understood the uh, struggles of a small business owner. And so even though um, this sales professional was, you know, in his early 20s, green, not a lot of experience, he was able to go out and combine the company's value proposition with the value that he brought to the table as somebody that understood business. And as a result, it gave him competitive advantage in the marketplace over sales reps that quite frankly, were much more tenured, much more experienced, um, you know, much more highly compensated than him. He went out and he began a career 
based on combining the company value with the value that he personally brought to the table. And Larry, I think that every single sales professional out there, um, it would do them some good to reflect on what value have my personal experiences, my education, um, you know, my, my all of those things brought. What what value do those bring to the table that that add value in this whole proposition I, I bring to the marketplace? No, you know, and and I agree. And and something for everyone to to think about is you know the the value that you bring to those people first starts with under you know, and, and I know we're going to get into it, but. I want people to start thinking about what's the value that I bring to that specific person, which means I got to understand their world. Yeah. I got to understand, I got to put myself in their shoes. So can you imagine as a sales professional, you're talking to, you know, we'll talk C-level executives, right? CFOs, CIOs, you know, upper level management. And when we can place ourselves in their shoes and understand the issues and challenges and struggles they go through, and we can with conviction and we can concisely say, this is the value I bring to your organization because I get your world, right? Yeah, absolutely. I understand what you're going through. All of a sudden, that person's going to probably fall over and go, what? Wow. I, I can't believe this. I'm, am I hearing you correctly? Right. <laughs> and there, there are components of every, it yeah. doesn't matter if you're in your twenties or you're it doesn't matter. about ready to get the golden watch. You, you have aspects of your life story, your education, your experience that are more than just boxes on a resume yep. to, to, to fill out. There are actually um, things that can be blended with your company to provide uh, a unique value proposition. And then ultimately, and this, this is where things get really powerful is when reps understand what their best clients and prospects value. And Larry, I know you're a champion of sales reps interviewing and really getting to know their best clients. Yeah, oh, yes. And it's in its interest, it's very interesting because um, the sales teams that I work with, this is this is one of the exercises that you know separates separates the pros from the reps. Yeah. Is, you know, going face to face, right? Belly to belly, eye to eye with your best clients and really sharing with them, you know, and I'll use you as an example, Daryl, is, you know, now that we're heading into the tail end of 2018, you know, this would be a great time for everyone to say, and and, and I'd roll this out to you is, hey, Daryl, you know, I appreciate you allowing me to serve you this year, right? We've had a great time. I've enjoyed helping you grow your business in 2018. But as we roll into 2019, this would just really help me understand, you know, can you share with me, Daryl, the value that I've been bringing to your organization over the past 12 months? What have I I been doing to help you do better business? Which means, you know, part of that, you know, the the first first part of value is the the letters V is we got to become vulnerable and go, you know what? Our best clients are our best source of growth. We just need to ask for feedback. And what better way to go belly to belly, eye to eye with your best clients and ask? Yeah. And I think that the answers will be um, surprising and enlightening and you know, I think we all have preconceived ideas about why our clients buy. I tell the story, um, you know, when I'm wearing my marketing hat, I do do case studies and from time to time and I'll interview a sales professional and, and say, tell me the backstory and why did this customer buy? And the sales rep will give me the reasons why the customer, they thought the customer bought, then I'll interview the customer. And um, at the end of it, I'll say, well, what are the benefits you're getting and why, you know, why did you, why did you give this the go ahead? And it's, 
almost always different than what the sales rep expected. And at the end of those conversations, I'll call the sales rep up and go, hey, guess what? <laughs> guess why your client actually bought? And <laughs> those are, you know, those, those moments though, I mean, that information to a sales rep is worth millions of dollars over a career. Yeah. And, and that's what's exciting is, is when, when reps go out and actually begin to extract um, in the client's words and in, in, in their in their world, why they really do business, then that's the golden nugget that uh, that you can use to to grow to grow your business. So, uh, authentic sales reps, going back to our model here, they understand the value that they bring, but authentic sales reps also need to drive meaningful conversations. Well, what does that mean, Larry? <laughs> I think sales reps are good at driving conversations, but not all of them are meaningful. So uh, there's really three aspects to a meaningful conversation. Uh, Larry, why don't you talk about the first one there, the message? You know, and, and this is, and Daryl, this is, this is mission critical because when we start driving conversations, it's got to be relevant to their business. So what we mean relevant to their business is it's got to be able to help them grow their business, increase their profits, retain their clients. Um, which means a couple things. We got to understand their business. We got to understand how they operate, why they operate, and then part of that conversation is is just helping them. You know, we're here to help. So it's like that message has to. I don't even know how much more clear that it has to be. Is we need to really own that conversation, be in the moment, and say, you know what. I need to make sure that every conversation I drive is relevant to them and it's not about me and it's not the conversation is not about my company, how great I am, you know, can you help me out? It's no, it's I'm here to help you out. That's right. And in order to do that, you've got to understand their business. Now, here's the deal. It's actually shockingly easy to do this. Oh. And, uh, you know, I, I, I sh maybe shouldn't be saying this publicly, but you know, it's shockingly easy to do this. I'm working this fall. I've been working on a uh, vertical market project. And um, so we're doing research in all of these different vertical markets. And really the simple question we have is what are the top business issues in each one of these, these different industries? And um, Larry, it's, it's not hard to find those out. No, <laughs> you Google, no, what are the top issues in the legal marketplace? And you will find uh, all kinds of research from credible sources. And, and in like 30 minutes of self-directed learning in your recliner, holding your iPad, you can learn the top of mind things in any of your prospects' businesses. And now I'm able to go in there and I'm able to drive a car. Instead of just saying, hey, I want to talk to you about my solution or my technology, my company, me, 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 me. With a little bit of research on the front end, we can walk in and say, hey, Larry, you know, I noticed in some of the other law firms we do business with and the research we're doing that the billable hours per attorney are dropping, you know, they dropped 10% over the last five years. What's that look like in your organization and how is that impacting you? Yeah. Bam. Now we got a good conversation going. Well, yeah, uh, you, know, you can learn that with 10 minutes of research on Google. Well, yeah, you know, and, and here's something else is, you know, we're early into December holiday, you know, we're already into holiday season, holiday mindsets just almost hit us mm -hmm. is this is a great time. And as I'm listening to what you're saying, I go, you know, 
and I always like turning these into learning moments. And I encourage people that are that are watching the webinar and listening is take, you know, take your top. And I always get, you know, people always go, well, Larry, hey, why do you go back to your top five clients so much? I said, because my top five clients are somebody else's prospects, right? That's right. So if, you know, so this is be a great one. If you want to drive some great messages relevant to business, why don't you interview your top five clients and say, hey, as you're rolling into, you know, 2019, you know, what, yeah. what, are, what are two or three, what are two or three things that you're working on? Yeah. In 2019, what are some of your, what are two or three initiatives? What are two or three goals you have in quarter one of 2019? Ask your five clients out because I can guarantee you this. They might be some of those issues that are going on with prospects. Absolutely. It's just simple things like that. All that takes is, you know, a visit to a current client, look at them, shake their hand. Thanks for them doing business and ask. So meaningful conversations are relevant to their business. And here's the deal. I mean, and I know there's all kinds of decision maker profiles, but a lot of times we are, especially in the B2B space, I mean, we're talking with business people who are type A personalities, directors who, you know, to go in and, and say, you know, to start talking about football or small talk about Christmas or whatever, whatever it is, you know, that just doesn't fly in to drive conversation. So if you want to drive conversation at that level, take the time to understand their business. And then the other thing we've got to do, and this one, uh, is uh, is a challenge, especially for some of us seasoned people, Larry, um, is we've got to be able to do this in the way people want to communicate. And man, communication has changed a lot over the last decade. Yeah. And, and it used to be, uh, you know, and, and I'll date myself a little bit, but, <laughs> it, but in prehistoric times, <laughs> right. all in we had was, all, times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy. But all, all we had was phone and face to face. Yeah. You know, now the way we communicate, it, it is vastly changed. So, you know, some people like to communicate via email. Some people like to communicate via phone. Some people like to communicate via text. Some people like to communicate via social. They're all great and relevant means of communicating. But what's, what's and, I, and I throw back my old sales hat on is I'd always ask people, what's the best way you like communicating in? Right. As we, as we start going down this road of working together, What's the best form you communicate in? And that's going to be the way that I communicate with that person, not disregarding everything else. Right. But there's, there's so many tools out there to help us communicate that we as salespeople, we got to understand how to communicate on all of them and not just one or two of them. Yeah. And I think, you know, we gravitate like that to one, one method of communication and we, we don't want to do anything else. Like some salespeople I know are obsessed with the face-to-face. Everything has to be face-to-face. Um, and, and, you know, that for them, the idea of doing a go to meeting or a zoom with a a client or hitting them up on Skype is, um, you know, like so foreign, even though their clients may use, uh, go to meeting all day long or Skype all day long. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, there are some sales, uh, salespeople that do most of their business uh, over the internet and, uh, for them to actually get in their car and show up face to face with a prospect or a client is, you know, is uncomfortable and unheard of. The reality, though, is in today's world, and we step outside of the business world, 
you know, while I've been on this call, my phone, you know, I'm getting conversations on GroupMe. I'm getting text messages. Uh, I know my link, there's message. I've got four or five message threads with prospects going today on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, I've got emails. I'm, there is, there are so many different ways to communicate. And, and what we've got to learn how to do is we've got to learn how to communicate as sales professionals, not just face-to-face. I think we're all good at face-to-face, hopefully asking closing questions, moving the sale forward, um, all of that. But we've got to get good at using these other mediums inside the the sales uh, cycle, especially, especially, especially now that in any B2B cycle, there's going to be a team of people in there, many of whom you'll never meet face-to-face. No, no, you're right. And, and, and it's so interesting because technology, you know, this is get it out there is technology is not going to replace the human touch. It can facilitate it. But, you know, I, I just remember, you know, going back to my sales days, one of the largest deals I ever took down. Mm-hmm. I didn't even, I didn't even see any of these people until what, you know, the ball, since we're in the middle of the football season, go Rams, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry for the Rams plug. It says I live in the LA marketplace. So we haven't had a winner for a while, but nevertheless, um, we gotta we gotta learn how to communicate in in so many different fashions because there might you know you you just spoke about buying methods or buying teams they might be spread across marketplaces and there's no way you can bridge that gap other than with technology. No question, no question. So and and then no question with great questions. I mean, we have to ask great questions, and this is. You know, this is the the foundation of of selling is asking great questions, and I think we need to learn how to ask those questions um, across these platforms. I mean, it, it requires um, a different mindset for sure. So, when we wrap all this up, and, and thank you so much for all of you joining us today. If you if you jumped in late, no worries, we'll get the recording out, um, and you can review this and and share it uh, with your network as well. But what we want to say is, look, the, the epidemic of mistru- uh, low trust, rampant skepticism, high BS meters is really, really detrimental to sales professionals. So the question that, that we have for you is, as you look at yourself, if you're a salesperson, is, as you look at your team, if you're a manager or a company, is... What can you do in each one of these areas? How could you help your sales reps develop their personalized value proposition? And how could you equip your sales reps to drive better conversations? If we are able to do this, we should be able to replace low trust with trust, right? And imagine imagine the bottom line impact of that. Larry, I'm always reminded of uh, Stephen Covey's book, Business at the Speed of Trust. Um, And I love that book. Because basically, you don't even have to, I mean, I recommend you read it. But if you summarize it up, it says, if you don't have trust, everything goes slow. If you have trust, everything goes faster. And, um, and this, this building trust is, if we can replace mistrust with trust, that's huge in the results. Oh, you know, I, I agree. And, and I always, for those who know me and Daryl, you know me really well. I always like think out of right field. And I, I start, I start staring at this and I start listening and I start really digesting, you know, this trust, the fine-tuned BS meters, rapid skepticism. And I go, Hey, listen, would we do this to our friends? Right. Would we treat our <laughs> right. Like, right? Would we treat our family members like this? Would we treat our spouse like this? And the answer is no. 
because we've got to have trust. We've got to have confidence in our relationships and we, we can't be skeptical. Yeah. And the more we can do this, the more clarity we bring. Yeah. And, and I think as sales professionals really start to understand their value, combining the company value with the rep value and then filtering it through what their clients value, it adds a whole new level of clarity um, to the message as well. And those, uh, you know, all of these things are like oil that will help move things through the sales funnel yeah. so much faster. Yeah, because what, what I want people to think about, especially around clearly being able to articulate one's value proposition, is think of that. That's, that's your conversation starter right there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when you're shaking somebody's hand or I don't care if it's face to face or you're shaking somebody's hand online is that that moment. Hey, tell me, Daryl, tell me what you do. Right. How can you help me? Mm-hmm. That, that's that's that value. That's the first bam. Right. Yes. Does this person get me. And if not, they might be there, but are they mentally there? And that's right. And the bottom line is soft skills lead to hard dollars, you know, and and that's um, I think that's the mantra as we move into the the business environment of 2019 and beyond is authenticity is something that can't just be a a nice word. We say it's got to be something that that has teeth. So thank you so much for everyone uh, that joined us today. And if you're listening in online later, we really appreciate you sharing time with us. It's always a pleasure to hear back from the community. Um, and of course, if you haven't got selling from the heart yet, oh my goodness, get this book. And by the way, what a great Christmas gift, uh, for the rest of your sales team and and your clients. Uh, it's really catching on Larry. And I'm so proud of the, the, uh, movement that's coming out of this. There's like a movement of authenticity, um, that, uh, I think you're rallying inside the business world and it's fun to see it coming together. Yeah, no, I, I sincerely appreciate it. And, you know, I always tell myself, I pinch and poke myself on a daily basis um, because when, when I wrote Selling from the Heart and, and I put this together and, and so forth, it was bringing me to life. It was bringing my philosophies to life. And I go, you know what? I'm waving the flag on this. And it was ever so present yesterday is I actually ran, I had a, I had a pharmaceutical sales team sales reading my book. And they read it and nothing like having their sales leader and 10 salespeople come to a call with quotes and things that they grabbed from the book. And what was really interesting is the first half of the book is what resonated with these people the most, which is about becoming the best version of yourself. And that's the core foundation of selling from the heart. Well, once again, thank you to everyone for joining us. I think the fact that you're even here says a whole lot about you. So we really do want to encourage you. To, to really keep driving that authenticity and asking yourself the question, how can we make authenticity a part of the culture of our sales team? And if there's any way we can help, we're happy to talk with you about uh, training um, and, and along these lines of building the, the value proposition and driving effective conversations. As always, uh, we appreciate everybody out there. And uh, I guess as we say at the end of the podcast, Larry, <laughs> Keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep being real, and most of all, sell from the heart. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. 
We look forward to seeing you next time.